everyone, and welcome to the April 2nd, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. We're going to try something a little different on today's show. We'll hear from not one, but two dealers as we take the temperature of retail on a sort of quarterly cross-country checkup. We'll start in central Ontario, where I'll speak with Michael Carmichael, the CEO of Up Auto, in Stratford, Ontario. And then we'll head west to speak with Michael Wyant, the chief operating officer of the Wyant Group, which owns about 30 stores across Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. We'll assess the first quarter, talk about what's changed since COVID-19 arrived a little more than a year ago, engage how the pandemic has hit the service side of dealerships. In two words, big time. All that and more on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Michael, thanks for joining me on the podcast this uh, week. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, inviting me. No problem. Um, You know, sales day was yesterday. Um, The numbers are starting to trickle in. I just wonder what the first quarter was like for your group um, compared to last year when the pandemic first started in March. Um, This is kind of the last time we can compare um, whole numbers to whole numbers before things start to get out of whack a bit. How was the first quarter? Interesting, exciting, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, ended up not being as stressful as last uh, as Q1 of 20. But it was uh, overall, it was it was it was great for a group. Did you notice people coming back to the stores and the showrooms um, early on? Even though in Ontario, where you're you're at, there was some lockdowns and stay at home restrictions. I just wonder what the sentiment was from consumers in Ontario in January, February, March. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge because those are some of the, you know, Jan, Feb, Feb, especially, right. Some of the worst, uh, or better said, maybe most difficult and challenging months, uh, in our industry. And so, um, you know, we're fortunate that we're in a part of Ontario where, um, we went back to the yellow, uh, framework pretty early on in the year. And so we haven't been in a, in the same level of lockdown that the rest of uh, the province and, you know, quite frankly, the major markets, you know, the Toronto, the Londons, et cetera, uh, Windsors have, have been in. So um, we've been, uh, you know, we've been responsibly open, um, appointment only when required. But what we're finding is that people are, um, you know, it, it's, we're able to run a much uh, more structured uh, sales environment, service environment. You know, appointments are up, walk-ins are down. Ultimately, so, you know, we, we reduced our hours uh, through Jan, Feb, March, um, extending them in, in the second week of March, actually, for uh, for sales and service. We added uh, some Saturday service. Um, but what we found is people are still looking to buy cars. Um, and so we're not seeing, call it the people who are just holding back as they did last March, April, May, right, where. There is so much uncertainty. So there's people have a clear line of sight to their budgeting and their needs uh, and perhaps the confidence that, you know, life will carry on in a new normal. Um, so it's, it's, it's not without its challenges. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with our first quarter. Uh, volumes were up, um, but, and, and margins were up. Expenses were way down. So some, you know, some, some good, some good math on, you know, on the balance sheet and uh, on the income statement. When you talk about that sort of appointment structure, does that make 
your business easier? Did you did you find you and your sales staff enjoy that more? I just wonder because it's a change, yeah. right? It, it's always been that sort of walk in, kick the tires, or progress forward where it's I researched online and then I went in to buy a car. I just wonder what the appointment process is like. Is it better for you as a dealer? Much, much better. And uh, you know, I I look back on the you know, last 20 years of my career and, and think, man, if I could have found this kind of religion and focus on uh, CRM lead management appointment targets, you know, and, and uh, overall showroom management 20 years ago, man, I wonder what I could have done. Then. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've, we've reduced our hours. We've streamlined uh, what we do and don't do. You know, there's no more coffee machines. There's no more food. There's, and, and so it just, you know, it's, it's the, the lack of walk-in traffic um, being replaced with uh, appointment just allows you to be laser focused, right? The, the car that the customer's coming in on is gas washed, ready to go. Um, the, the team aren't caught out back, you know, having a, a bite to eat in their car or uh, zipping, zipping home to pick something up when somebody walks in. We're, right. we're kind of just much more dialed in. Uh, ready to go than we ever have been. And, you know, in, in that, um, in that light at COVID's really been a great focal, you know, I don't want to waste a good crisis, right. Just like uh, our friends in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've really dialed in on our processes and we jumped in hard on this early uh, and we're well on our way with CRM uh, process and a BDC. And, and so when, when COVID hit, it really allowed us to double down on, on our efforts and focus and, um, and, and bring our sales team along with us at a much faster pace than we would have had there been no COVID, right? Where yep. it's, look, our world's going online much faster than we'd all probably like to, uh, like to accept or recognize. And it's, if you don't want to handle leads, no problem, right? Because we've got folks who do, and, and here's what we expect. And by the way, we're watching every single one to make sure uh, that, you know, the old uh, 20 group uh, phrase of inspect what you expect. Right. And so it, it's been good. You mentioned um, sort of people still want to buy cars. Uh, I'm curious, mm -hmm. like we've heard statistics about Canadians having a lot of cash on hand because they haven't been mm -hmm. able to do anything over the last 12 to 14 months. What mm -hmm. do you expect sales to be like once we're fully vaccinated in this country? Some say we might all have a dose by June, which will be a great relief. You know, the goal is still to have everyone vaccinated by the end of September. Um, so I just wonder, I've heard predictions of the roaring 20s type of a revival. What are you planning for? What do you foresee in sales sort of in the last half of this year and going into 2022? I, I'm, you know, I, I'm guessing and I, I look to the, the oracles on the mountain who are, you know, in the banks and uh, the data companies. But I've, I've heard kind of one eight, five, one nine SAR for this year uh, for Canada, which, which has us, you know, well situated in our market, um, you know, next year, uh, you know, perhaps pushing above that. And then in 2023, pushing ahead of that. So I think we'll get back to the 2 million SAR in the next kind of 12 to 18 months. And, you know, one thing we've done, and when I sold my, you know, my family business of 65 years in a major market, it was because of the fixed cost structure and the expense structure. And essentially what I've, what I've uh, redeployed as is that we have a variable cost structure in our market. So 
Um, you know, our rent heat hydro property taxes are a fraction of what they were relative to gross profit when I was in a major market. So we're, we're very well situated and scalable to react to the demands and the opportunity uh, while not having excess um, infrastructure and overhead um, that kind of kick us in the teeth when, when the margins and volumes decline. So we're in, a, we're in a pretty good position and I'm, I'm very excited. We, were, we had launched a new business unit uh, March 1st of last year, which is a used car, uh, used car dealership uh, business called Cargo. And um, we were set to, you know, our, our goal is to open one or two more by the end of uh, 20 and then have one or two opened in 21. And we've just put the growth on hold. We're seeing tremendous uh, uptake on our, our sales rate. Mind you, the first couple months were pretty lumpy, mm-hmm. um, but we're, we're having wins. But just like every other dealer in the country, we're really struggling to find used inventory. And uh, we've got a pretty tight model on what we were, are going to carry. And uh, so we're, we're, we've been restricted just trying to trying to build our inventory and get that going. And so, um, you know, while I'm very optimistic, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very realistic with, with some of the challenges we are going to face. We know there's more to a dealership than just selling cars new and used. Um, there's the yeah. service side, too. Um, it's been mm-hmm. a fairly mild winter. People have been working from home more and more. I just wonder what that's done to the bottom line on the service side. If people just aren't using their cars as often as they would um, under normal circumstances, has there been a hit there? What's that side of the business been like? Yeah, big hit. Um, now, as I said, like our, our from a BDC perspective, as we track appointments, appointments are up 90%, but total ROs are down 40 and that's a function of we have no walk-in traffic anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when we're looking at our total business, it is down. Um, March is the first month we've seen growth um, uh, relative to uh, 2020 and, uh, you know, hitting a forecast, which we've kind of phrased a, a, a COVID agnostic forecast. So um, we're very pleased with what we saw in March. And it was kind of the second, you know, the second half. Um, but yeah, services is down. We, we've done a bunch, uh, to communicate with our customer base frequently, uh, just with updates, um, and constant outreach, you know, two to three times a month. And, you know, we're sending out videos, we're sending out mailers, we're sending out uh, voice, um, you know, just live dials, updating our database, just touching base. How are you doing? Uh, just remember it's time or mileage. Um, because as your car sits there, recognize that you're not driving, but your brakes are rusting right now. And there's condensation building in certain parts of the, uh, you know, the the drivetrain, uh, just come on in for an inspection. And so, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the reality around, and I heard a number, something like 300, 400 million kilometers of vehicle use were not consumed in 2020. And that's huge for the service department, right? That That's well, not it's, running it's, over it's, potholes. That's not yeah. needing an oil change. That's not getting into yeah. a fender bender. That, yeah. that All that adds up, I assume. Well, and, and it's not coming into the dealership and, right. uh, you know, and us having a dialogue on, can we buy your car? Because we buy, you know, half a dozen cars a month at a service drive through. And again, our shops are small, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of a, you know, a four or 5% of, to- of CP volume we were buying a month for inventory. And we're flipping and we're creating 
or creating new vehicle or used vehicle sales out of that. So that's a, that's a big one. And then when you push customers out, you know, I, I think pre-COVID, we're looking at what 1.6 visits a year uh, at a dealership for service. Now, if that goes down to 0.6, uh, you're just increasing your opportunity for defection. Right. And, um, and uh, you know, so the Mr. Lubes of the world or, you know, the, the oil changers, things like that, um, you know, we, we, we run the risk of losing a customer visit and having a, a different type of experience at a, at a different type of franchise. So it's, it's of great concern to us and we're doing everything we can do um, to make sure we're staying in touch, staying relevant, staying top of mind uh, by providing, you know, valuable uh, or, or information that's of value to a, to a driving consumer. I want to stay in the service bay for a minute. I'm curious, yeah. and it might be too early, but but besides that obvious hit to inventory that we've seen um, so far this year on on the lots the, from the microchip shortage, mm-hmm. how has that affected the service side, or has it at all yet? Are you preparing for it to affect your service side? Do you know what? I'm I'm I'm. It, logically, it has to affect it. We haven't had a material impact, right? The, the microchip. Uh, is hitting us uh, in the chops um, at our domestic stores mm-hmm. first um, and starting to bleed across into the imports. And, you know, the we sell a lot of trucks. We sell um, a lot of used trucks. Uh, and and our, our inventory hadn't recovered from the GM strike in September of 19, right? Really? So we were still playing, it lasted yeah, that long? Yeah, we were still playing catch-up on that. And so this was a bit of a you know, first COVID, then uh, microchips, right? So, um, you know, I, I think we'll be another eight to 12 months before we can say, hopefully there's no more interruptions. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's eight to 12 months before we'll be in a position where we can just, you know, maybe take a bit of a deep breath and say, yep, we, you know, we know what to expect, right, from an inventory perspective. And, you know, it's it's uh, the shortage is, is driving up used prices too, Um so it's, 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 it, it, the flip side is it's difficult to give somebody a great trade value if you can't put them into something new because right. you don't have inventory. Right. right. But nobody's come in and, and needed a part replaced or, you know, infotainment worked on or anything like that and no. hasn't been able to do it because there are no microchips or that part no. is microchip dependent. That, I'm just curious if that ever becomes a problem in the next, you know, eight to 12 months. Well, I, I think logically you have to expect it will. But the only thing I, I wonder on that is, you know, how many of the parts that we would be using in that situation are have only been produced in the last three to four months. Right. Right. It, it's it's most likely that those parts are sitting in a in a warehouse somewhere already and have been for 12 months. Right. So gotcha. I think I, I you know, I, I haven't heard of and it's something we're talking about, but it's it's not something that has come up and saying, oh, yeah, the, the EDCMs for the the whatever repair are on back order for 18 months. Right. It's, it's just not I, I don't have a data point to say, yeah, right there that yeah, it's, it's hitting them, too. Right. Well, it might be one of those things that, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on it, but we don't really yeah. know what to expect until it's upon us um, because yeah, these things are exactly. used in so many things. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, we're, we're waiting on one part of one of our stores and, and it's been taking forever. And it's for uh, uh, it's, it's a, a used vehicle that's just for reconditioning. And it's uh, 
you know, the parts manager said, I'm pretty sure the parts uh, sitting in the middle of the Suez Canal. Right? So, <laughs> so who knows what other um, kind of global afflictions are going to hit us. I, at this point, it's, I, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> Is it difficult to stay positive when you're running a business under these circumstances? Because I would argue that few businesses or industries have been as hard hit as automotive when you just brought up the Suez Canal, the chip shortage, the storms in Texas, COVID-19, lockdowns. I mean, the strike is still affecting you, you said. Uh, I I just wondered, like, is it difficult to stay positive? How do you motivate you and your team and, and continue to look forward? Do you know what? I, I think uh, I'm, I'm grateful every day I'm not in hospitality, right? Because those businesses mm-hmm. have just been clobbered with COVID. And we've managed, you know, we've got great partners with our OEMs. Um, yeah, we have so much fun every day. We've got great teams. We're looking after each other. Um, we're looking after our customers to the best of our ability. We have fun every day. Every day there's a challenge, but that's why, that's why we own and run businesses right? Because those things happen. And I think if, if you're looking at managing or owning a business today or in the next 30 years, you just have to expect increase in volatility on every level, right? From global crisis, climate crisis, uh, health crisis, manufacturing crisis, right? And it's, it's just you have to roll with the punches. And, um, you know, as, as I've had the great opportunity with the fourth generation in this business. I've, I've, I haven't been through half the challenges my father, my grandfather, my great grandfather went through. So I'm just grateful that, uh, you know, we, we, we've got the opportunity to run these businesses in the country we're in. Uh, there's, there's no perfect scenario out there. The grass is never greener. They just use more fertilizer. Right. <laughs> so we have, we have lots of fun and we, we try to do that day in and day out. Well, Michael, I hope you continue to do so. Thanks for joining me on the show this week. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Now, we'll head west to speak with Michael Wyant, Chief Operating Officer of the Wyant Group. Michael, thanks for joining me on the show this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Um, It's sales day today as we speak. Uh, I just wonder, uh, it's sort of the last true quarter that we can compare to from the year before, although the pandemic struck mid-March last year. I just wonder what the first quarter's been like for you and your dealerships across the West. Um, Has it been much different than last year? Has it been a struggle? Are things looking up? What's it been like for the first three months of 2021? Yeah, I mean, to compare it year over year, a couple of major things. One, we had a lot of inventory last year, and so um, you know, we had higher expenses in flooring and margins were less because we were trying to move through a lot of carryover stuff. And so we, we obviously, uh, you know, nationally, there's not a lot of inventory. And so we're short on cars, but we have a, an excellent pre-sold pipeline. Uh, our expenses are way down. Uh, and while volume is off, uh, our margins are up on what we're selling. And so uh, first three months of the year, the business is actually pretty healthy. Um, March year over year comparatively uh, is probably going to be the biggest swing we've ever seen profitability wise because, you know, everybody fell off a cliff mid-March last year. And, you know, it took a few months to sort of recover the financial side of that. What's the biggest challenge then moving forward? Is it that inventory uh, hiccup that we're experiencing right now? I mean, it's going to be a challenge for the rest of the year, it sounds like, with the semiconductor shortage. And so, um, you know, it's a challenge that we haven't seen in a long time. But I mean, I think with that challenge, it creates an opportunity for us as dealers to 
do things a bit differently, um, you know, incentivize our our team and our, you know, give customers an opportunity to factory order vehicles and, you know, spec out the stuff that they want. Um, you know, the, it, the, the challenging part is not being able to get enough to supply your local market. But then, you know, again, with that, when, when inventory is tight, you know, your margins typically go up a little bit. And so from a business standpoint, uh, with less expense and, and good margins, even with some less volume, I think we're still going to sort of hang in there, right? It's a, it's a better scenario to be in this time this year uh, than last year with so much uncertainty around what, uh, you know, the rest of 2020 was going to look like. I think we have some confidence now that even in the midst of this pandemic, which is still obviously going on around us, uh, we're more confident in what the rest of this calendar year can look like, uh, regardless of the challenges that we're facing. Has it become easier to to plan and forecast and sort of work under these conditions than it was, say, even in the fall of last year? Because you kind of know where we're going. We kind of know the procedures now. We kind of know how this virus um, acts and reacts. Has your job become easier to manage everything this year? Um, I think it's become easier to manage because we've got a years of experience under our belt in managing it. You know, when this happened last year, this was something that none of us had ever managed our way through. And so constant dialogue, daily meetings, twice a day meetings, constantly watching changes in the environment, changes in provincial regulations for us across three provinces. Um, You know, and so now a year later, we're sort of experienced at it. We know what happens if we have Uh, a case come up in one of our dealerships, we know how to react to it. We know what happens when somebody has been put on quarantine uh, and, you know, where they've been and who they've interacted with. And so we also know how our customers are sort of responding to this. And as long as we're maintaining the health and safety protocols that we're now quite comfortable maintaining at the beginning, obviously it was quite new, but as long as we're maintaining those protocols um, and living up to the health and safety standards that now we all come to expect doing business anywhere, our customers are okay to do business with us. So um, we sort of, it's a lot easier to forecast now because, you know, even when uh, lockdowns occur and uh, our business has not been shut down, while it's affected, um, we still, you know, have a pretty good idea of what we're going to be able to accomplish on a monthly basis. And so I, you know, while it's not easy, I would say easier because we're more experienced at it now. Right. What's it been like dealing with dealerships in multiple provinces? You know, is BC much different than Alberta when it comes to restrictions and precautions and rules and regulations? Or has it been um, pretty much the same across three provinces that you operate in? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, sometimes the uh, restrictions will mirror each other. BC has been uh, more similar to Saskatchewan in when they've gone to uh, semi-lockdowns and full lockdowns and and some of the uh, restrictions that they put in place. And so for those two provinces, while they haven't been exactly on par, they've been pretty close. And that's allowed us to at least take, you know, a decision made by one government. And then a week later, that same decision made by the other government and go, okay, so that happened. And here's what we did in this group of stores. And this is what we're going to do in this group of stores. Alberta has been a little bit different. Um, so it's been a different uh, way to react. But the restrictions themselves, um, you know, your reaction uh, running the business, you know, the policies and procedures you put in place are going to be similar depending on the level of restriction. So, um, you know, once we got comfortable with them, uh, we were just able to react no matter what that provincial uh, regulation looked like. And our people have become good at adjusting on the fly as well. 
I'm curious about this. What do you expect sales to be like once everyone's fully vaccinated or we reach that sort of magic number of 70 or 80 percent of uh, of the population being vaccinated? Because I've heard predictions of a roaring 20s style of revival. Perhaps people are sitting on cash. They're looking to spend. What are you planning for in the second half of this year and into early next year? Well, I can tell you we were planning for a big year this year, I think, um, not regardless of the pandemic, but understanding that there is some cash on the sidelines. Uh, consumer savings are up across the board, obviously. And um, the biggest challenge is inventory. So, you know, I, it's tough to plan this massive bounce back in volume when you're not sure what the supply is going to look like. But uh, we know that uh, across a lot of industries right now, um, discretionary spending uh, seems to be up. And the vehicle has become one of the most important things in people's lives during this pandemic as a safe and secure way to travel with their families. And people have been investing in uh, upgrading their vehicles. They've been investing in upgrading their homes. The real estate markets across the country are uh, very, very strong right now. So these are the type of economic indicators that tell us that uh, we might have a good runway in front of us. And even with interest rates starting to creep slowly, they're still historically very, very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do expect um, a very strong runway in front of us for volume, but that is going to be dependent on the manufacturer's ability to supply us with the inventory that we need. And that really, that is the biggest challenge right now. We would be selling a lot more if we had it. Right. Those microchips, uh, that shortage, has it affected the service side yet? Are there parts you can't get? Are you hearing that it could be a problem in the future? I just wonder what you're envisioning on that side of the business when it comes to the microchip shortage. Are there parts that you might not be able to get or will you be telling customers, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait um, for that repair? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen some backward stuff with the semiconductors. Uh, You know, that's it's it's not a it's not as common of a breakdown so that, you know, it hasn't affected the service departments as much just yet. Um, but we have seen uh, some effect in, in service with just regular backwater parts. I think that our manufacturers are struggling to manage their business the same way we are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you have certain components of a plant shut down due to, you know, small outbreaks here and there, it affects their ability to supply certain things. And I think the supply chain around the world and in every industry has been affected, not just semiconductors. And so we have seen an increase in some backordered parts and we've seen um, an increase in some stop sale vehicles that have affected customers being able to take delivery of their vehicles that are already built and either here or on their way here. So um, the supply chain um, effect, uh, I think, is going to be long lasting here until we're completely out of the pandemic, not just microchips. Right. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, there is no end in sight right now. Um, I want to stick on the service side of things for a second. I want to ask you this. It's been a mild winter in much of Canada. Um, you mentioned, you know, people are using their cars as, as sort of a safe haven or a safe way to, to move around, but they've been driving less to work. Um, certainly less to the, the cottage or the cabins or the lake or anything like that, because there really hasn't been much to do. So I just wonder what that's done to the bottom line on the service side. Are people not coming in as often for service? And is that hurting that side of the business? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, on the um, on the mileage side of it, we haven't seen the full effect of it yet. Uh, you know, we 
we are so big into winter tires here in Western Canada markets that we're in that, you know, such a large percentage of our customers come in twice a year. We do indoor heated storage. And so um, we're seeing our customers twice a year, regardless of, um, you know, the kilometers are driving. And so that that's always going to give you an opportunity to take the wheels off the car uh, and do an inspection and see what sort of maintenance requirements it has. Um, you know, I think longer term people aren't driving to work as much but they are using their cars more for um you know recreational type things so i i don't know what the long-term effect is going to be i guess we'll see but right now uh the fixed operations are are very strong and um and we expect that to continue right and that's key to have people come in um for an appointment you know i think the average is somewhere around 1.5 1.6 times per year but you're lucky in the sense that those winter tires force people to come in and you have an opportunity to speak with them, perhaps buy their car, uh, perhaps upgrade them. Um, how key is that um, just to get them through the doors to maintain that relationship? Yeah, that's a good question. It's been a big part of our process for, for a lot of years now. But, you know, it's with, with new vehicles being so short and even pre-owned inventory being so tough to acquire, um, you know, getting them in twice a year to flip their tires over is a great way to, to maintain contact. But we are starving for inventory on the used car side as well. So, you know, if we have something on the new car side that can uh, satisfy an upgrade for that customer, we're typically selling that used car within 30 days of acquiring it. And so um, those processes are, are are even more important now. I'm glad that we were doing it for years in advance of today because, you know, our process is, is fairly fine-tuned. Um, but even if we had to learn it right now, it would be an important thing uh, in making sure you're maximizing the opportunity with every customer you get through the door. Michael, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh, it's appreciated. Stay safe out west, uh, and uh, we'll talk again. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, man. Thanks a lot. We reached both Michaels at their respective dealerships. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.